This is the Business Marketing and Finance Podcast. The podcast for all your business marketing and financial needs. Get insight from experienced professionals as they delve deep into their passions and share their knowledge each week with your host, Daryl James. Like to follow or learn more? You know what to do. Hit that subscribe button now. Welcome everyone to this week's BMF Podcast. I'm your host, Dow James, and my next guest is a dynamic pastor, speaker, businesswoman, author of five books, as well as founder and producer of Elevate TV. Welcome Pastor Dawn Davis-Lawrence to the Business Marketing Finance Podcast. Hi, Daryl. It's great to be here. Fantastic. It's good to have you on the show. Can you tell us a bit about your journey, what it was like growing up, and how you made the turning point to becoming the woman who you are today? Okay, well, the turning point, I have to say, Ben, has really been from I was a very, very young young child, as it were. And yeah. um, I think the seeds of who I was going to become, without a doubt, was rooted in that. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a rural area in the West Country near Stonehenge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and uh, essentially the middle child, as it were. Mm-hmm. I suppose I may may have suffered from middle child syndrome. I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah. You have to ask. You have to ask my brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. um, well, I have um, an older sister and three brothers above me and three brothers beneath me. Um, and so I really was pressed into having to really find ways to defend myself. Um, in the midst of um, these boys. And I suppose my entrepreneurial spirit really began when I was very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, my my mother's a pastor, her mother was a pastor, and I suppose her mother before her was a pastor. Oh, wow. But yeah. what I used to do was go out with my mm-hmm. brothers, and we used to go back to what we called scrumping. Mm-hmm. And um, scrumping was essentially going into other people's gardens. And back in the day, it was okay. You know, yeah. we spent a lot of time outside. Yeah. And we would go in and we would scrump and take, uh, you know, pull, shake the trees. I'd climb the trees, shake the trees, the pears. Mm-hmm. And the apples mm-hmm. would fall and then we'd take them. And And my brothers would always want to go home and begin uh, making apple crumble and stuff like that. Oh, and I would say yeah. stuff like, well, if we're going to make apple crumble, and I, you know, you think I was maybe about seven or eight or nine at the time, yeah. um, then we have to sell it, you know? So uh, I would, yeah. Yeah. So I would start selling these um, um, pears and apples and um, on the streets, I'd actually have a little place and I'd sell these that we'd, we'd scrumped. And if yeah. we made apple crumble, I'd sell that as well. Yeah. And I was maybe about seven or eight, maybe nine at the time. And so that kind of went on uh, yeah. to me then beginning, you know, really sort of looking into businesses and really just uh, wanting to work for myself. Yeah. 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 Oh, nice. uh, so that's that's really where it all began. And then, you know, sort of move into Birmingham and, you know, such a visionary city um, mm-hmm. and being a part of Great Vision um, mm-hmm. under the leadership of Bishop Dunn and, and other great, great men and women of mm-hmm. God who really inspired me to to sort of look beyond working for anyone else. I never, ever really just wanted to work for anyone. I've always wanted to work for myself. So do you think that their inspiration, do you think they mentored you in a way? Have you ever had a business mentor? No, I've never had a business mentor. No, I haven't. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've always, I'm a, I'm a, 
it's the strangest thing because um, when you look at my report card, mm-hmm. um, you know, I wasn't able to read until a very late age. Mm-hmm. My reading skills were terrible. Um, I wasn't doing well in school at all. I was, mm-hmm. you know, put in remedial class, it was called at the time. And yet my mother used to um, make us all go to the library when we were kids. Mm-hmm. And we would have to go to the library every Saturday uh, pick up four books and bring them home. And mm. that began the sort of seeds in terms of me loving books and loving mm. reading. But yeah, mm-hmm. when I went to school, I was very shy and didn't like to read in public or anything like that. So I kind of played mm-hmm. it down. Yeah. But um, um, when you go to go back to your question about a business mentor, for mm-hmm. me, it was really me being mentored through those books that I mm. that I read, you know, having reading books, you know, by Mike Murdoch and um, John Maxwell, mm. um, people like that, that, you know, uh, Warren Buffett, those kind yeah, of guys yeah, really yeah. reading those books. And, 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 it, and I suppose in that sense, they have mentored me, you mm. know, I'm yeah. always reading, I'm always listening to new things, always reading, always open. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's key. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned a lot of um, you know, authors there in terms of Warren Buffett and Mike Murdoch. Um sorry, Mike Murdoch. Um what are the top three books that have had the most impact in your life and why? Okay, so the top three books I would say was uh, Woman Thou Art Loose, which is Bishop T D Jakes, mm-hmm. uh The Magic of Thinking Big. That one just yeah. that mm-hmm. one just put me I mean, that blew me out of the water when yeah, I read yeah, that. Yeah. And um and I would then say the other one is going to be the third one. Oh, I think it would be Awakening the Giant Within. That was another one that really Tony just Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. Tony, yeah. Oh my god, Tony Robbins, that one just it really, those books impacted yeah. me in such a massive way. TD's book, Woman Thou Art Loose, because yeah. for a long time being a, a female, mm-hmm. um, a black female um, in, a, in an environment that is very much men orientated in the churches that mm-hmm. I came up in, mm-hmm. you saw men all the time in those leadership positions mm-hmm. and women really being suppressed, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, and then TD's book, giving you permission to step out, you know, and to do that book just absolutely, that was for me, one of the most groundbreaking books for me. Um, And then the magic of thinking big, I can't remember who's written that, but then again, that book just threw me to another level. I never heard anything like it. And, um, and then Anthony Robbins book for me, it was inspiring. It was motivating. It shared, a part of his story it was it, for me it was like well he Anthony was saying well if I you know if I can do it you mm-hmm. can and mm. you know I really have a, a lot of respect for that man because I've watched his journey and you know mm. people say mm. oh motivational speakers they're no good but you know who who doesn't want to be motivated I, I don't yeah, understand yeah. It when people yeah. say I don't believe in motivational speakers well What's there not to believe in? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, from there, so, yeah. from there, coaching you and getting your results, you know, it's, it's going to be yeah. invaluable yeah. at the end of the day. I mean, the magic of thinking big is one of my favorite books as well. Um, yeah. I think it was yeah. David Schwartz. Yeah, That's David it. Schwartz. That's he, it. Um, he wrote that one, and um, yeah. yeah, even Arnold Schwarzenegger to this day, he he bases his whole career and success off of reading yeah. that book. 
Yeah, um, I, I return to it over and over. You know, yeah. I over the years I've read that book I, countless times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, to 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 actually inspire me, just countless times. Yeah, uh, for me, it's it's a powerful book, and I really encourage anyone to just get the audio if you're not into reading, but listen to the audio or read it. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely endorse that as well. Now, Pastor, you do um, quite a few different programs in uh, coaching, helping women and men. Can you tell us about your coaching programs? Okay. Yes. Well, what I do is I do what I call the, my, my company's called Elevate. Mm -hmm. And um, essentially the programs are based around uh, really digging down inside you. Mm. to find that individual, to find uh, that individual who can live their best life. Mm. And so the programs are based around overcoming those obstacles, um, overcoming, you know, so I've got, let's say, for example, I've got a life program and that life program takes you from where you are to Mm. who you see yourself in your mind's eye being. Mm. And it takes you on a journey. So it can be four weeks, six weeks or 12 weeks. The Mm. flagship program is 12 weeks and uh, flagship program is 12 weeks. And that one really just digs out, um, all of those sort of internal blockages that we pick up along the way Mm. that we don't even realize those narratives that we tell ourselves, it really addresses all of those internal issues Mm -hmm. that stop us from becoming uh, what in essence God purposed us to be. Mm. Um, And, and it really just releases men and women from all of those first and foremost by recognizing what they are and Mm -hmm. then addressing them and then recalibrating and going forward. So that's that. And then I do the business one from a business perspective, Mm -hmm. looking at, you know, uh, you know, those again, looking at marketing, what is marketing, Mm -hmm. you know, how do you market, you Mm -hmm. know, where do you market, who do you market to? So really looking at those from a business perspective, but also looking at it from a life perspective as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. beginning with you first and then from you going on to, okay, where if it's your own business that you want to start or mm-hmm. if it's, you know, you want to go for a managerial role or a leadership role, yeah. Elevate will get you there. Yeah, fantastic. And you have a passion for restoring lives uh, through your church, yeah. New Harvest. Can you yeah. tell the audience how it became part of your strapline? Yeah, Essentially, for me, you know, when uh, I suppose I've always had a passion for people mm-hmm. um, and for really helping people up to where they want to be. And I suppose for me, it all it's been something that I, I think it's been something that's been inside of me from when I was a child. But when it really came into play was when my marriage came to an end in 2005 mm-hmm. and my life just came smashing down after, you know, 18 years of marriage, it just came smashing to pieces and my life was just shattered and mm-hmm. it wasn't mm-hmm. even, it, it was, it just didn't seem as if I could ever get up out of that. Um, mm-hmm. And I had three children, two mm-hmm. suitcases, 138 pounds and 28 pence in the bank. Wow. What was I going to do with that? How was yeah. I going to get my life back? And yeah. it was that journey of self-discovery, rediscovering who I was outside yeah. of what the church deemed me to be, what people deemed me to be, yeah. you know, yeah. all those labels and so forth and all the fears and just getting my life back, mm-hmm. redefining myself, re 
uh, I suppose, just a massive makeover. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that, I, and then I started doing that, and uh, when I and did that, and I saw the restorative process that God took me through mm-hmm. to get me there, then I thought, well, you know, well, I want to help God mm-hmm. restore lives. I want to mm-hmm. be, I want to partner with him mm-hmm. to restore lives because I do not believe that there is anybody mm-hmm. on the face of the planet who is beyond restoration. Mm -hmm. Um, And I saw where God picked me up from. And people look at me now and say, oh, she doesn't understand. Uh, She's doing so well for herself. But Mm -hmm. if they were there with me when I had what appeared to be a hole in my lung, uh, stomach ulcer, um, lost lost part of my hearing in my left ear, Mm -hmm. so many different complications, financial, physical, spiritual. Yeah, yeah social, you know, uh, psychological, I know God can restore. So I wanted to be a part of that. So it's like, okay, restoring lives, restoring Mm -hmm. homes. Because when your life is restored, Mm -hmm. then your home is restored. When your home is restored, Mm -hmm. then community is restored. So that's where that came from. Yeah, yeah, you know, very true. During those times of, you know, during the restoration period, would you say that you had quite strong faith and that's what brought you through? Or were there days that you had where it's just like, uh, I just can't bother with today, I can't deal with today? Was the How was the struggle process for you during that time? The struggle process for me really was people coming up alongside me because there were times, and I, 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 I share it all the time, there were times when I couldn't pick my Bible up. Mm-hmm. I couldn't pray. Because mm-hmm. I, I was on the verge of, you know, where are you, God? How could you allow this to happen to me? Mm-hmm. And it was it was a real struggle to believe that God was a part of this. You know, mm-hmm. for me, it was easier to see or to say that I was being abandoned or mm-hmm. he was punishing me. But mm-hmm. I had some really, I kind of feel like the guy that was on that bed and his friends brought him to Jesus. Mm -hmm. I, I, because at that time I just couldn't find him. I couldn't hear him. Mm -hmm. I felt lost, totally and completely lost. I was broken, Mm -hmm. but you know, the word tells me that they get into the door, the door's blocked and they climb upon the roof. They pull the roof up and they let him down in front of Jesus. And it was their faith. It was their faith that got him there. Mm -hmm. And I kind of feel like I had some strong, faithed people who yeah. just wouldn't leave me alone even when I that's told good. them to that's good. um you know they when everybody else walked away they mm. stayed and it was only a few of them but that's all it needed to be mm. you know mm. and mm. they were the ones and I have to say um they were the ones who helped me find that strength within me mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to to get back up you know um and I preach a message called get up anyway mm-hmm. and I talk about getting up any way you can you know, if you to, you know, if if it is that your brother has to carry you, for, mm. don't allow pride to stop you from getting back up. Any way you can get back up, yeah, get up, yeah, and that, yeah. that that's what did it for me. So that process was really a process of having good people in my life mm-hmm. to remind me of the messages that I've preached in the past, to remind me of the battles that I conquered. Mm. Um, because it's so easy to forget when you're failing and failing and failing. Yeah. It's yeah. so easy to forget. 
No, definitely. I mean, it's definitely essential for, you know, to have the right people around you and, you know, leading you, guiding you, helping you, or giving you words of wisdom and words of encouragement, um, especially, yeah. um, you know, if you have a circle that's similar to yourself and, and giving you words from the, you know, from the word itself. That's that's really yes. fantastic. Those that are ready to go the extra mile and just like the story, like you says, from the Bible, you know, we need yeah. to do whatever it takes, you know, having the tenacity to say, okay, we can't get through. Let's go up. Let's go high. Let's go up. <laughs> yeah. You know, yes. so yeah, definitely. No, that's really that's really inspiring. I mean, you know, some of the events that you do currently at the moment. Um, I know you do Alabaster Box and, and quite a few mm-hmm. others. How did you start building those events exactly? Yeah, so Alabaster Box came about with um, the 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 theme on the Alabaster Box and the underlying theme for Alabaster Box is break the box and release the fragrance. Mm-hmm. And um, how that came about was really just being in that place where. Um, for myself, how I always, how I always approach things is what Mm -hmm. are you going through Dawn? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, you're not the only one. Mm -hmm. There are so many other people that are going through this. So Mm -hmm. if I take my story and I put my story out there as being everybody's story, then those who are, who there are people that can resonate with it. So Mm -hmm. for me, it was like, okay, it was so difficult for me mm. breaking that box, breaking out of that box, breaking out of the place where people put you, where mm. you allow people to put you. So for me, it was like, you know, well, you know, for me, it was like, it took so much tenacity for me to break past mm. that whole stigma of divorce, break past the mm-hmm. stigma of having a mashed, broken relationship, mashed down, you know, lost my house, lost my car, lost yeah. everything, you know. Yeah. Um, how do I break past that? And Well, mm. let's have a look at what the Bible says, right? The woman, she had to push past the critics mm. and break that box and get to Jesus. And it was, okay, well, let me put a conference on. And it was really just the alabaster box, mm-hmm. you know, really just, yeah. okay, let's just do it small scale. Yeah. Uh, let's invite some women and let's call it the Alabaster Box Women's Conference. And I got a few women in a room mm-hmm. and TD puts it this way. TD says, TD Jakes says, if you're the most intelligent person in the room, you're in the wrong, the room. wrong room. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that because you yeah. have to have people around you who are more intelligent than you, Definitely. who have, who have greater vision than you, mm. who have other skills, mm. you know? And so I, I thrive on that. I thrive on people saying to me, Dawn, have you thought about doing it this way? Mm-hmm. So I got movers and shakers in the room and said, listen, ladies, what do you think about this? And they were all like, yeah, you could do this. You could do that. Yeah. Okay. But, and I thought, okay, well, let's put it on. And yeah, yeah. we we kind of like said, right, let's, how, how are we going to do it? Okay. Let's get some caterers in. Let's da down. What can you do? And then that's how we did it. And it, uh-huh. and it happened and it just kept happening and it just kept growing. Yeah. And it was like, this is crazy. <laughs> you know? yeah. And that's how it began. And, you know, the war convention, mm-hmm. which is Word of Flame Revival, what that came out of, which was um, my love for the word of God and yeah. how yeah. I see that over the years, uh, kind of growing up, I'm seeing that it was the word that's really lifted me every single time. Mm. And that I'm going to churches and I'm seeing that, the word is not being preached the way that it used to be preached. It's, you know, mm-hmm. and so you go in and it's like, mm, yeah, but what was that? You yeah, know? Yeah, and yeah. so I wanted to do a conference where I could get some really dynamic raw speakers who just no fluff, 
no feathers. They just tell you it like it is, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and that's how that came about, you know, again, in the similar kind of way as uh, as, as Alabaster Box. That's how that came about, yeah. yeah. And then the Mighty Men Conference, mm-hmm. that came about by me kind of looking at our men. Mm-hmm. And I have, a, I have two sons, so I have a real passion for men. And I've yes, seen yeah. the struggle that my boys have gone through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for some reason, we don't seem to think that men have emotions and that they feel and that they worry and that they mm-hmm. the same emotions that I have. But where yeah. do they have an outlet? You know, mm-hmm. I need our men to know that we believe in them, that they're mighty mm-hmm. and that, that they can do and that they can be. And mm-hmm. so that's how that one came about. Okay. What has been <laughs> the most memorable experience at one of your events? The most memorable experience for me at one of my events was the Mighty Men Conference. Mm-hmm. When, um, when, when all those men, young men, mm-hmm. I mean, between the ages of about, 25 to 40, 35, mm-hmm. I would say, just all surged forward after I, I preached the message. Mm-hmm. I think the message was I was raised in the enemy's camp. Mm. And the these all these guys just got up yeah. and just came to the front to be prayed for. And these guys from they heard it from outside. And I had like okay. guys. Yeah, Asian guys, white guys, they were all yeah. coming in from the streets. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, there was one guy like had his shorts on and, you know, and he yeah, just yeah. like had t-shirts on. He was covered in tattoos and he, yeah. and he walked in and he came to the altar and, and it was just like, wow, this, this, it blew my mind. It blew yeah. my mind. And, and I really, you know, I really just that I'll never forget that. And that yeah. was so moving for me because it was just like, yeah. Yeah. Men are here and they want, they need that help. They want that help. They, they, you know, and why, why don't we do more for them? Mm. You know, and uh, that, that for me was a big thing. And was, was the venue at your church or was it at a, um, like a rented location? Yeah, it was, it was at my church. It okay. was at my yeah. church. And, mm. <laughs> and that was the strangest thing about it because where we were at the time, mm. it looked like a warehouse, you know, mm-hmm. from outside, an old grubby warehouse. And you had to walk up these metal stairs to get in. Mm-hmm. But when you, you know, and so for them to have heard us from outside and to come in, it was, it was shocking. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, and then, you know, for me, that, that, that was amazing. That was amazing. And then I suppose another memorably, memorable event for me was when I went to London again. It was um, it was a conference again. And uh, I spoke at a conference. And again, I had a massive surge of men come forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, the video, when I watched the video, it still gives me, gives me chills now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they all just surged forward and they were, you know, just hands up in the air and just... Uh, for me personally, I don't know about anybody else, but I just think it's the most amazing thing to see men worship. I mm. love it. I love seeing. I love seeing. I just feel like when men start to praise and worship, major mm-hmm. things begin to happen on the earth. So yeah, yeah. yeah. What's it like um, running a church in 2019 in terms of structure, Ooh. business, ministry, oh. be, being led versus what the law says? What's it like running a church? Oh gosh, I listen, Darren, it's hard. Mm. I can't even tell you. It's 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 difficult. You know, it's not easy. It's not something you can do by your back in the day, you had the figurehead. 
Mm-hmm. You had the one man show, which was the guy at the top and he did everything. He made all the decisions and everybody, he said, jump and everybody said, how high, mm-hmm. um, generation today, you say, jump, they say, why, mm-hmm. um, you, you can't make those decisions for yourself anymore and indeed don't want to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's it like running a church in 21st century? You've got to be in tune with the people. It can't be a one-man show. Mm-hmm. It's got to be a team effort. Mm-hmm. It's got to be um, really structured around what people need and experience. Mm-hmm. People want mm-hmm. an experience. They don't want fluff. They mm. want an experience. Um, and from the moment they walk in the doors yeah. or through the doors, within those first 30 seconds, they're making their minds up as to whether they're coming back. And I think mm. that church has got to be a real experience now. It's, mm-hmm. it's you know, um, and if people feel that when they come through the doors, they feel that experience that, you know, it's real, it's mm-hmm. honest. It, it's 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 congruent with where they are, mm-hmm. then they'll come back. So running a church now is difficult because you have so many different people mm. attending church for different reasons. Mm. Um, and I suppose that's always been the case. But I think in the 21st century where you have technology, mm. if you're not on the ball with that, yeah. you know, if you, you know, you can easily get left behind mm. um, um, and become irrelevant very, very quickly. Uh, So with New Harvest at the moment, we have a lot of people tuning in from Mm -hmm. around the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a big congregation outside of New Harvest Mm -hmm. who tune in on a Sunday um, and we're looking at sort of revamping how we do things. But Mm -hmm. I suppose for me, it's that why, why are we here? Mm. Um, and that that's the driving force. Keep on interrogating that why, because the why last year or the why two years ago might not be the why today. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, but it's, it's difficult if you're, it's difficult without a team. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's difficult. You've got to understand why you're there yeah. or else, you know, you might as well just shut up shop and go home. Yeah. Yeah. Now just moving on to your book, what was it like writing your first book? Did you come across any opposition or resistance um, be that from uh, companies or just your own self-belief maybe or just in terms of t- subject matter or what was it like writing your first book? So writing my first book for me was mm. really easy in the sense that um, it was out of my own personal experience. So my first book was Don't Waste Your Pain mm-hmm. and it really came, It was it, for me it was it was easy to write it because it was, it was what I'd lived. So mm. I wanted to put that down on paper and I wanted people to see that and, and, and relate to that yeah. and it blessed them. Um, but, but it was difficult. At, writing the book was the easy bit. Yeah. The hard bit was marketing it. The hard bit was getting people to know about it, um, reaching the hands of people. So, you know, when I wrote my book in 2004 in the first book, yeah. I, I started really kind of, I didn't know about this kind of independent. It wasn't so much out there that much about sort of, you know, self-publishing wasn't that mm. big. Mm-hmm. So I was approaching the big uh, publishing companies like Destiny House, Bethany, um, mm. all of those guys. And they were just consistently saying, no, 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 mm. no. And it's hard to get those no's, you know, mm-hmm. really, really. And I, I say to people now that, you know, I mean, 
that was the most difficult part for me. And for me, I say to people now, don't be put off by no. Yeah. Never be put off by no. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the greatest people who are doing the greatest things out there right now have received no's, so many no, and right now they're doing their thing. Find a way through. Find mm-hmm. a way through. If you can't find a way through, make a way through. You yeah. know, if there's not a table for you to sit at, design your table yourself. Yeah. If there's not a door, if if opportunity doesn't come and knock at your door, go mm-hmm. and find its door. You yeah. know, yeah. Build, if it doesn't open a door to you, build your own door. Mm-hmm. That, that's so that that's how I did it. So after I wrote my first book and. I finally got through and it was so expensive. Mm. After that, I started finding ways and finding proofreaders, editors, people like that to do it for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I suppose working on, you know, having an next set of um, eyes on, on your work when you're writing a book is, is always invaluable. Which platforms yeah. do you currently sell your books on and why are those so, platforms specifically? Yeah, yeah. So I sell them on um Amazon mm-hmm. and I use all the social media platforms that I can. Mm-hmm. Social media for me is free marketing. Mm. So that's that's what I use. I use social media. I just bang it out on social media and YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. That's what I use. Pinterest, get it mm-hmm. out there. That's the way I do it. And what are the on your journey, what have been the best ways you've found to market your book? You spoke earlier about marketing and that you help other men and women in your through your coaching with marketing. How have you found is the best ways to market your book? The best ways I've found to market my book really has been through word of mouth, putting mm-hmm. myself out there, um, videos, um, mm-hmm. really making sure that the whole scene is set up for uh, my books. So when I do my videos, the, my books are in the background. I talk mm-hmm. about my books. Um, I talk to people who are other authors um, and really just looking for referrals all the time, looking for people who've read the books, those testimonials, getting it out, keeping mm-hmm. it in the public eye through mm-hmm. social media. Mm-hmm. That's good. So basically social proof, um, really. Exactly. Really good. Yeah. Exactly. No, that's yeah. good. And what's your work schedule like when you're writing a book? I know you're author of five books, is it? Five books, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. What's your work schedule like? How long does it take to write a book? So it just depends because it just depends on if I'm going to be doing a short ebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on the wording. So the one that I've just written now, which is uh, 30, 35,000 words. Mm-hmm. So that, that yeah, 35,000 words. So um, that took me, what, that took me, a month, two mm-hmm. months, mm-hmm. yeah, to just bang that out a month, mm-hmm. uh, to bang that out. But then where it takes longer is the proofreading, the copy editing, yeah, the back yeah. and forth, the go back and forth. But to put it down on paper didn't take me any much time at all, about a month to get that down on the laptop, you know, yeah, as it were. Yeah. No, that's really um, yeah. Do you have so any to do that? Do you have any suggestions to help upcoming authors to become yeah. better writers? Write. Just write. Don't be a critic, just write, you know, don't think about the title of the book, just write, you know, Mm -hmm. um, because the book title will actually come as you're writing. Um, Mm -hmm. If you can put the top, if you can put the titles up, you know, the chapters. Mm -hmm. So let's say you write out five, write the title for five chapters then. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, put those out and then write under each chapter every every day put something under each chapter mm-hmm. just write until you've finished until you stopped until there's nothing until mm-hmm. you're drained mm-hmm. then you st- Muhammad Ali says well somebody once asked him how many sit-ups do you do a day mm-hmm. he says I don't count I stop 
when 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 I have no strength left. That's mm. when I stop. You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, for me, yeah. when I write, I write a chapter and I don't write a chapter based on, oh, 5,000 words. I write mm. a chapter based on when, I, when I'm empty, when the yeah. vessel's empty. Yeah. Right, then I move to the next chapter. Mm. Um, so that's what I would say to people. Just put the framework out then, as it were. Or the, you know, like when you're putting up a house, you've got the framework out first. Mm. And then fill in the gaps, which are the words. So mm. let's say if you were writing a book on how to conquer fear, mm. then you'd write that first bit, you know, maybe uh, fear and then write underneath that and then conquer right underneath that. And then, mm. you know, uh, the fight right underneath that before yeah. you know it you've got your book yeah yeah okay so you mentioned earlier about um you know when you was growing up and being around seven eight or nine and you know being quite focused on selling and you know always having an entrepreneurial spirit if you could yeah. tell your younger self anything what would it be believe in yourself more mm. believe in yourself more Pursue those dreams with everything that you have. Mm. Don't wait to be affirmed, approved by anyone. Mm. Um, get up and do. There's no, there's no, it's never too early and it's never too late. Mm. So I would go back to my, I would tell my younger self, believe in yourself. You're, you're as good as you imagine yourself to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What's the vision for Pastor Dawn Davis Lawrence? What gets you most excited about the years ahead? What gets me most excited about the years ahead is um, touching lives globally, more lives globally. Mm. Um, uh, uh, really, just having that global reach mm-hmm. where I can, where my books and are in the hands of millions of people all over the world where mm. my videos, um, the, the sermons that I preach are touching and changing lives. Mm. Um, you know, so the vision for me is that I would very much be able to reach a more of a global audience mm-hmm. and do more efforts globally to, I do a project. I work with a project called Amec Hope, which helps, uh, children whose parents have died of AIDS mm. I would want to go out there and build wells in those villages mm. you know mm. get clean water to those children yeah, uh, yeah. you know get the women and the the families get them up into um you know uh what what do they do are they entrepreneurs can mm-hmm. they sell can they mm. what can they sow what can mm. they do uh, mm. to get them up and moving so that's the global thing in terms of elevate to be able to have elevate reaching lives globally so mm. that we've got coaches, elevate coaches all over the world mm-hmm. changing. It's not just here in, in the UK, but I've got elevate coaches pretty much everywhere. Mm. Oh, wow. And finally, where can people connect with you? Uh, your social media links, your website, um, the station that you're on on television. Where, how can people see more, more of your stuff, your, your work? Yeah. So I'm about to be uh, televised on um, Revelation TV. We're about to go there. I was on Faith World TV, but the reach wasn't big enough for me. So mm-hmm. we're going to be going on to Revelation TV. That's going to be mm-hmm. launching pretty soon. You mm-hmm. can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, mm-hmm. on Dawn Davis Lawrence, or Pastor Dawn Davis Lawrence. Mm-hmm. On YouTube, I can be found there. I'm just rebranding um, I'm in terms of my website, which is Dawn Davis Lawrence dot org and also um 
uh, dawndavislawrence.com mm-hmm. uh, and they can either, they can even put up Elevate, Elevate T, Christian TV, it will come up. Yeah. Um, pretty much Google me, they'll find me pretty much anywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. And do you have any last words that you would like to tell our audience, Pastor? I want I would want to say to them is that that internal narrative be switch off that narrative that tells you that you can't switch off the narrative that tells you that you're not enough mm. you know that you don't money is fluid don't allow money to stop you from doing anything that you want to do money is fluid the money that's in your pocket right now was in a million pockets before mm. it got to you Mm. So don't allow money to be your master. You master money. Mm. Don't allow money to master you. So when you begin to really understand who you are, then you'll know what you're supposed to be doing, how you're supposed to be doing it, and Mm. your tribe will come to you. Mm. Yeah. I suppose finding your purpose and, you know, not looking at the things that hold you back, like lack of money or lack of time and things that just keep moving forward. No, inspiring words, Pastor. Um, I do thank you for being on the show. Thank you for spending this morning with me. (laughs) And, um, you know, we we definitely will do a part two um, Uh. after you've you've, um, gotten onto Revelation TV and um, we'll do more of a recap on that. But thank you very much um, for coming on the show. And everybody else, this has been a Business Marketing Finance Podcast. We'll see you next week. I'm your host, Dal James. Don't forget to log on to our new website, businessmarketingfinance.com. We'll see you next week. This is the Business Marketing and Finance Podcast. The podcast for all your business marketing and financial needs. Get insight from experienced professionals as they delve deep into their passions and share their knowledge each week with your host, Daryl James. Like to follow or learn more? You know what to do. Hit that subscribe button now.